Blog Talk Radio. to it, 
Um, but the show itself evolved too, in in that I kept exploring, you know, different different aspects of getting beyond fear, and that maybe you know mm-hmm. we need fear sometimes, and and you know all the kind of really, um, it, it just it just, um, and then it got simpler just as it got. Um, more difficult to explain because I'm having trouble explaining it now and that is exactly what you say at the beginning of your book about ego. <laughs> uh, yeah, the ego is like trying to explain to a fish what water is. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real dance. And yeah, the ego, you know, why I zeroed in on your, on your show title is because the ego is essentially based in the body, and the body gives us these enormous, unconscious, 24-7 messages of, of course, I am physical. That's what our body tells us, all our senses. But the other message our senses gives us, give us is uh, the message, I am separate. And yes. because, you know, if you were sitting here in the room with me instead of where, where, wherever you are, where are you? Oh, I'm not far from you. I'm I'm kind of in the foothills of the coast range outside of Portland, Oregon. So if you're oh, up you're, in the northwest, you're not too far from me. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I could swear that, you know, there's distance between us and that you're not me and I'm not the yeah. glass of water sitting here on my desk and all of that. And so my skin boundary and all my senses tell me that I am very much a standalone unit that we call a human being. And that is a tremendous fear-causing reality. And we don't really even realize it, but this is the message we get ever, ever since we come into the world as little babies, is I am alone, yeah. I am separate. And yeah. we know very early on that, that we can be hurt physically. We learn we can be damaged emotionally, psychologically, mentally, wounded, and so fear becomes really an unconscious program that's just waiting to jump out at us any moment of the day because we really think there's something to defend, that we really are separate, isolated, and alone. So, wow, right there, that is the root core of why we have issues with our personal egos today. And we're looking at a lot of that fear-based mentality, that unconscious messaging that, oh, my God, yes, I'm a human being, I'm in a physical body, and and I'm a standalone unit, and I'm isolated and vulnerable. And that's what we're seeing on the global stage right now with such things as, you know, Brexit, um, President Trump. Oh, my God, that's the first time I've said President and Trump in the same sentence. Uh, (laughs) President oh boy! Trump, yeah, oh boy! Maybe we don't want to go there, but but it's it's all about walls and and divisiveness and factions yeah. and increased defense budget, you know, wars and 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 trying to self protection, and that's the unconscious ego at work that hasn't. Mm, haven't really evolved beyond that illusion that we are all just isolated and alone because, you know, the truth of the matter, which quantum physics and mysticism has told us for thousands of years and and quantum physics for just the last hundred years is we're anything but alone. We genuinely are all one in this adventure. (laughs) But it's just hard to see. Something, the, the point at which I wrote yay in my notes when reading your book was when, well, 
And I'm going to express this in something I heard someone ask at a metaphysical concert years ago. She walked up to the person who was playing, and this was at a library where there were people of all different um, spiritual beliefs, and said, I don't want to just fade into the ocean. I don't want to just be a part of the ocean. I I still Mm want to be me, too. You know, I don't want to just fade away. And, you know, you capture something important. Now, first of all, saying I don't want and being in that kind of distress, I know we can explore that as an aspect um, of a story. But the thing is, is where you say there is this place, there is this place of in-between, and the moment that you said that in your book, I was like, oh, my gosh, here, we, here it is. You know, this, this is what we need to be exploring because, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of us who struggle with this. I mean, we, we may be having these transcendent experiences, which you describe very beautifully. Mm-hmm. And, and, yes, it's like go to the head of the class. I don't know. Did you ever play that game when you were young? <laughs> Go to the head oh, of the yes, class absolutely. where everyone's trying to say, you know, um, it, it's secretly, you know, embedded. Like we're trying to, you know, who, who's been on earth the longest, who's, the who's um, you know, had the most lives or whatever. You know, and it's just all, we sweep it away, don't we? And you, you capture all of this. And I'm going to let you talk, but I just, I'm just so excited, Kate, that, that you enter into all of this so honestly. <laughs> it's. I, I love what you just said. You know about somebody's expressing the very natural human fear of. Oh, I don't want to become the ocean. I, I yeah. don't want uh-huh. to fade away into non-existence. And yes. and and if and how how else can we? What else can we think and say as human beings? Because yes. we get fit into this world when we come out of the birth canal and and we're, we're these little babies and then we grow our personalities and I'll get into that later in the show. So yes. we genuinely yes. only know our human reality. Now we sense, most of us sense this undercurrent that there's something more and it's that that sense of something more that sends us either on a spiritual journey or some sort of inner journey to discover a greater truth than what society manages to hand us as, as the happiness formula, you know, get a great, yeah. get a great yeah. education, get a great job, get a great career, get a great mate, make a lot of money, blah, blah. And that, and it, and that's going to equal happiness. It's like, eh, no, yeah. I don't think so. But so we're in these skin suits and we're having this human experience. And the last, I mean, basically what we're talking about is death because enlightenment really is of the ego. And it's so interesting. I hear so many Spiritual seekers say, oh, I want that. I want death of the ego. And they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. They think yeah. somehow, because this is the fish swimming in the water that isn't aware of what the water is, they think somehow that they will continue in some form to enjoy and experience the liberation of enlightenment. Unfortunately, yes. enlightenment is the absence of I altogether, and it is a literal death. So there's no one home to go, yay, I did it, wow, wow, it's so cool, I'm so happy, I'm so free, you know, do the happy dance. There's nobody left to do that. So when I realized this in my own spiritual search, it was about 17 years into my spiritual quest in 1997, and 
I think it comes through loud and clear in my book. I am a type A lean-in kind of gal. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I, I early on in my spiritual adventures uh, understood that enlightenment was the, that was the gig. That was yeah. the gold ring. That was the yeah. ultimate that I could attain, that I, Kate Montana, could attain. And then I would be happy. I'd be blissful. I would no longer be frightened. I would no longer be insecure. I would have the knowledge of the Akashic records and records and the ends <laughs> of the universe available to me. Yes. And yes. I could wear white robes on stage and really be somebody. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> there you go. And and so <laughs> about 17 years into, and oh my God, I, I meditated a lot. I, I uh-huh. ran my life around my spiritual practices. I went off and lived in the in the woods in a one-room cabin for years on end just so I could isolate myself and meditate. So imagine my surprise when one morning I just looked at my meditation mat at 4 a.m. and said, to hell with it. I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. Screw it. I just couldn't yep. push myself yeah. any further. And yeah. that is, of course, I flopped down on my meditation cushion and I didn't do anything. I didn't do a breathing technique. I didn't do a mudra or a mantra or a chant or light incense. Nada. I just said, screw it, closed my eyes, gave up. And, of course, that's when Kate Montana just went away. There was no more isolation. There was no more sense of the personal self. All there was was this endless, infinite awareness of existence. I am. And it was everything, it was as blissful and peaceful and it was just one of those moments if you can imagine just the biggest ah, ah, right, uh uh-huh. If there had been somebody Uh there at that moment to go, yep, this is it. I get it now, but there was nobody home to do that. And yet there was this sense of homecoming. Odd. Even though there was no Kate Montana around to appreciate it. So when I came back a couple hours later and opened my eyes, and then immediately the story of myself, my separate skin-boundary personhood, um, came back into focus, then I was like, oh, my God. It was such a shock, because, and I was so excited, and at the same time, I was actually radically pissed off because in that moment of awakening and then awakening back to my Kate Montana hood, I realized yes. that awakening was never anything that I could accomplish or have. Awakening was the lack of my singular persona perspective. So yeah. I laughed and I laughed. And, I, and at the same time, I was angry because, because I realized that fading away was the most blissful thing that could happen, and it was just amazing and wonderful and right on. And yet, and yet, there was no way I could make myself fade away. <laughs> you were still in so, the world. Yes. Yes. I was still in the world. And, and and the trick is, Susan, and this is what kerfuffles so many people, and myself included, and this is what I, I really chewed on for actually another 17 years, was, well, I can't make myself disappear because the moment I strive for enlightenment or I try to dissolve my ego, my sense of personal individual self, 
All I'm doing is perpetuating the perspective of me trying to dissolve myself, which concretizes me all the more. Yeah. So, so that, and, and so I was left with what all of us actually face because I think most of the listeners here, and obviously yourself, we've, we've all tapped into these expansive, extraordinary transpersonal places, these transcendent moments. And the trick is, is well, how do I be that 24-7 and still yeah. be me? You know, I stumbled into this, and so, and I think maybe some people do. Um, And then, kind of like your story, in a way that that something happens early on, and then, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to say, you know, what the heck happened? You know, really Mm -hmm. explore that, and Mm -hmm. um, and that can take a whole lifetime. Absolutely. Well, I mean, when when that happened to me the first time, don't you know, I spent the next year or two just trying to get back to that place. Yeah. Um. So I was back. I was back to the the the, the striving. I was back to the the seeking. I was back to mm-hmm. me being desperate to get back to that place of wholeness. Oi. So. So what? So what I've I've realized only when I started to write the E word. Basically, Spirit sat me down 17 years uh, later and said, you will write what you know about the ego and enlightenment. Because for that other 17 years, I kept going back and forth between the state of transcendent, no self, unity consciousness. And then I'd open my eyes and and on my meditation mat, and there I was again, having to deal with my day and my relationship and my money issues and my insecurities and you know, all of this, property taxes, the whole nine yards. And so I was like, how the hell do we, if enlightenment isn't it, and it's not, it's not what people, most people, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Susan, and say I think that most people want what I want and what whoever that beautiful person was who stood up and said, I don't want to fade away. (laughs) If we want to live these... (laughs) We, we well, want to live these be- these beautiful lives. We want to be yeah. happy. We want to feel secure. We want to feel connected. We want to feel like our beautiful creative self, whatever that is, can express itself freely, unencumbered. We we don't want to feel insecure. We want to leap far beyond fear, and and have the abundance that we feel is our natural due that's reflected in the world, the natural world around us. These are what the things we want to enjoy, and we enjoy those as human beings. So the yes. trick is yes. not to stop being a human being. The trick is to not focus on dissolving the ego, but rather understanding what the ego is, what is holding us back from expressing and living these beautiful, peaceful, gloriously abundant, vibrant lives we really desire, and then expand our sense of who we are while we're still being us, expand the ego into what is known as transpersonal consciousness. That's the trick. And I, you know, Susan, I couldn't believe it, but for those 17 years ping-ponging back and forth between the personal self and the transcendent state of I am, that's what I call it, the state of I am, 
Yes, yes. I had totally forgotten my psychology training and that there is a middle ground state of awareness and it's called transpersonal consciousness. And it is an ego state that is highly expanded, is no longer exclusive, um, just totally, you know, me, 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 my, 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 mine, 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 that has finally the barriers between self and other, between self and life, the perceptions of myself as a separate being, all of that starts to thin and we become more inclusive. And if I can dare go out on a limb and and use a political example right now, we could say that Donald Trump is a prime example of a, a limited ego that is very exclusive and has heavy boundaries. It's still caught in that belief that I am a separate, skin-suited, boundaried, limited human being, therefore vulnerable, versus a Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders is the quintessential example of an inclusive ego that has spread his wings and, and, and has realized that as I do to the earth, I do to myself. I am one with my brothers and sisters. We all bleed the same way. We all have the same fears and concerns and hopes and dreams. And so his humanity has, and his ego, his personal sense of self, has expanded to include others and life itself. And therefore, you know, he has the policies that reflect how to take care of humans and all of nature and the rest of the world, very inclusive. So, wow, what an amazing evolutionary journey we're on, Susan. Are we ever? And, in fact, I'd like to address something here because I know it's mm-hmm. affecting a lot of people right now when you bring this up, is that something I'm observing is um, we are becoming, many of us, so um, so upset really you know in that space of the story of what's going on Mm -hmm. and i'm observing this all over the place that it's like we're we're being we're we're pulling ourselves away from that spirit of inclusiveness you know that, that we're almost becoming um you know closer to the thing that is upsetting us because we're just mm-hmm. looking at you know and i'm speaking in a broad we because um mm-hmm. i've even done solo shows where i've reflected and corrected myself and you know backtracked and said you know i'm i'm i and, and even right there i'm striving and 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 i want to capture this because this is happening in the spiritual community right now i feel it among a number of people there is a striving you know to and maybe you kind of catch it later later in the book there there there's a place where you talk about how we're we're trying to where you're trying to kind of purify yourself or you know why did i do that why am i thinking into that or or whatever mm-hmm. but but there's there's struggles right now um um out there and among the listeners among teachers it's really hitting a lot of people right now and and your message can help us because um we we can find ourselves in a space beyond that. I mean, yes, this whole notion of beyond that this show likes to talk about too. And and mm-hmm. I feel that you really can help us because they're we're struggling right now, a lot of us. Of course we are. But fundamentally those of us in the spiritual community, quote unquote, 
um, yes, yes. Are, 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 I mean, we're squarely looking in the face of a radical reversal of all of the values, hopes, and dreams we've been focused on and putting yeah. into effect for the last 60 years. It, it's the dramatic. The it's, it's, it's dramatic and therefore, and, it's, and it cannot help but be rather horrifying to a tender-hearted, open-hearted, open-minded being to suddenly see the government go in a direction of anti anti civil rights, anti ethnic minorities, anti sexual uh, preference and, and choice, anti woman's choice, anti environment, all of the things that we have finally stepped into this. Oh my God! We those of us who have begun to recognize the inclusivity of life and how precious life is and how we are all one and how we do this integrated dance and how if we trash the earth and others, we are signing our own death warrants. It would be insanity of us, for us if we didn't acknowledge this and, and weep. Now, yeah. the trick is to, is, is, bless you for opening up this can of worms, the trick is to understand it and put it in a proper context. Not yes, to go, right. oh, well, now I should be understanding and I should just love Donald Trump and if I just send lots of love and light to Donald Trump, it'll all be okay. Oh, please. <laughs> I did that but last night, have... I hate to tell you. <laughs> I well, was it's, it's lighting. But, <laughs> no, but... it's okay. I don't mean I hate to tell you. But, no, I mean, we're doing everything. <laughs> we're, 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 we are doing everything. Uh, well, and, and to each other. I'm trying to get us to... It's like, why are we here, you know, and, and, and you know, we're all doing a lot of different things, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but you hit what, the, what, the thing, that, yes, we have to acknowledge it, too. It's a balance. It is a balance, and this is not the progress. All right, we have to put this into context. This yes. is a momentary, not in a seemingly progressive arrow of evolution direction that we're going in. We're experiencing a severe political um, correction where there are millions upon millions, there are billions of people on the planet who are not in this integrated mindset. And they are very fear-based and they are very much locked in the ego and the belief in separation, isolation, vulnerability, competition, survival. They're very, there is a evolution of ego that, that, one of the best examples is somebody by the name of Dr. Abraham Maslow, and I talk about Maslow yeah. in my book, yeah. The E-Word. Is mm-hmm. he laid out? He was actually one of the one of the psychologists who discovered the whole transpersonal state of consciousness. And his beautiful contribution was his understanding that the individual ego and the social ego evolve. We start off from a from a survival physically based level and if we have to have food water shelter procreative needs taken care of then we need those those basics secured then we have our ego expands and has needs for family what's called belonging we we have this intense desire to belong to a family a greater community then we have what's called self-esteem needs and this is the fourth level of ego development, according to Maslow's hierarchy of what he calls the hierarchy of needs. At the fourth level of ego development, it's all about 
proving I'm great. It's all about having stuff so that I can feel good about myself. It's all about self-esteem, feeling good about my McMansion, my five Maseratis in the garage, my fifth yacht, my 18th vacation home, whatever. It's It's fame and fortune so that I can feel good. Now, of course, the reason the ego feels insecure to begin with is, let's go back to when we're born as little babies. We come into this body. The message is, I am physical. The message is, I am separate. And therefore, I'm fear-based. I'm frightened. I have to have stuff to feel good about my stuff to fill this big hole of fear and doubt and separation that I experience. So. That's, and that's where Donald Trump and a lot of conservatives on the political scale are right now. They're still at that fourth to even lower ego evolutionary function. And that's not a criticism. You don't judge a, a, a college graduate for a, a kid in eighth grade. You know, you don't say the college graduate is better. They're just – so the trick now is to – start to wake the rest of humanity up to the fact of our basic inclusive status in this on this planet. We have to educate more people to the fact, you know, if, they, if they're not going to buy religion and they're not going to buy a spiritual message, let's introduce them to the facts that quantum physics has clearly presented us. We have not included that viewpoint that advanced viewpoint that boldly shows that we're inclusive, that we are all one. Quantum physics shows that there is no skin boundary. There is no separation between you and me and anybody else. There is just a sea of endless quantum information and energy, waves of energy that show up as the appearance of individuals, but that we're all really one under the skin. So, we really, I think it's so important to start introducing into schools, if nothing else, science-based evidence of how we really do live in this interconnected web called life and how we impact the web and how it impacts us. I, I was interesting. I, I talked to a lady yesterday called Claire Brown. She's written a book on Buddhist economics, and it's all about the, uh-huh. the happiness quotient, what makes us happy. It's then it's not study after study reveals economic studies, psychological studies reveal that having more stuff isn't what makes us happy. What makes us happy is having our values and our togetherness and our love and our hope for our children uh, and a beautiful world that we can feel safe in. That's what makes people happy. So, wow, Susan, we're at this point right now where, thank God, Donald Trump has, you know, like thrown the cards on the table. And we're able to talk about these issues. And if we can get past the emotional upset, which I think is starting to fade for some people, there's this amazing realization, well, now it's time to get our hands dirty. It's time to, you know, Donald Trump doesn't represent me. And, and, Neither, I I love Bernie, but there's got to be a movement afoot where we're no longer looking for other people to represent us. We have to start representing ourselves. We have to start showing up at the grassroots level and 
doing whatever we can do if we're interested in the environment and we're terribly concerned about the, the disruption of the EPA and everything else, get involved at the local level with environmental groups. Start an environmental group. Pick your backyard. Or if it's education, if it's, if it's a prejudice against women and women's rights to, to control their own bodies, if it's, if it's gay rights, whatever, if it's religious rights and religious freedom, we need to start getting involved and reaching out, holding hands with one another and start living this inclusive lifestyle and start acting from that place that is this heart-based place that recognizes that we, that we are all one. And it's the, at the grassroots level that this kind of message, we're at the place where we, you know, we can't, just like trickle-down economics doesn't work, <laughs> we can't do trickle-down, be better people. We've got to trickle up, be better people, and change the world we're living in for the better. So I think it's a very empowering time, and the great message for those of us who are in this more evolved state of awareness about our inclusivity uh, are in a great position now to be way showers in a in a physical fashion like never before. You know, it's no longer is it about just sitting on the meditation mat and, and I'm going home and to hell with the rest of you. It's just like, whoa okay, I've got to get up off my meditation mat, open my eyes, and really get involved in this world. Because we are of this world. We can't kid ourselves. There's only one thing. There's only spirit. Spirit as flesh, spirit as the appearance of flesh, spirit as spirit. It's all one thing. So this, this whole idea of, well, I'm in this world but not of it, that's got to go away. Because that's part of the spiritual dogma that's a stumbling block, I think, for a lot of people right now is because they don't want to, they're not used to being involved physically. So much of spirituality has been about getting out there to God, even though we know that we're still part. So it's about healing this illusion of separation that the body gives us and that the ego gives us. Well, that was a long-winded yeah. answer to your question. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I okay. What I what I wanted to reflect upon, and also relate it to a a powerful message that I felt coming through your book, is um, something that that's been a comfort to me. And you hit on this in this book is that, you know, we when we think, and I know we're going to enter into a new topic here about manifestation, and it's related to quantum mm-hmm. physics as well. But this notion of um, who is manifesting. And for me, when I relate that to what's happening in the world, and even what you just said about, you know, where is that inclusive place? Um, You know, last night, for example, on this show, I wasn't just sending out, I was actually, I talked to a broad range of people. There are people listening to us now who are of Various persuasions, because we're 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 um, when you know blog talk radio is a very general place, um, yeah. and the thing is, is we share common things. I'm the granddaughter of an evangelical minister. I never really uh-huh. knew him, but the teachings stayed with me. Some of them, and one mm-hmm. of the things I learned is God is omnipresent. What does that mean? You know, yeah. when you ask that question of who are we. And, and, you know, one of the, the things I was asking last night, and I'll hand this back to you in a second, is is also just small things like, you know, do we really not like Meals on Wheels or even Sesame Street? <laughs> you know, we can come up with some really simple examples. You know, 
and when I when we start to get to that place, suddenly we realize, hey, you know, there may be places where we're not as different as we seem. Where are those 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 places where we share things that we may not even know we share, and then build build from there? Um, that that's part of how you know why we're here. You know, what's the purpose of all of this? And and maybe it mm-hmm. really will deliver us ultimately to a different place where we need to be, even in an adverse way, just like life. I mean, you know, life mm-hmm. has its downturns, but they you talk later about gratitude and being thankful and, and how those things can help us. So so anyway, lots packed in there, but I'm I'm integrating so many things that you've shared and and, and where it can take us right now is is could be quite beautiful. Oh, absolutely. You know, life is, the, 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 the trend of life is always towards growth and yes. evolution. All you have to do is look yes. out your window at the flowers blossoming in the trees and, and, and go, oh, my God, it's all about growth and evolution. That is, if there is any purpose, it's so funny because if you would ask me now, and this is going to sound incredibly negative, but to me it's incredibly freeing, is I don't see any meaning or purpose to life whatsoever aside from the living of it. Isn't oh, that enough? I love that. That, we don't that is. To, that, that, it, it. That's it, is simply the living of life. Now, and if I'm living life and I'm in this body, how much greater to have an ecstatic, moving, engaged, peaceful, loving experience than something that is tormented and traumatic and vicious and violent. So, but, you know, the nature of life itself is positive and negative. It's polarized. We wouldn't have this appearance of a physical reality if it weren't for the fact that there are opposing forces at the very foundation of life itself. When the Big Bang occurred, yeah, however many billions of years ago, the very first things that were created, less than a, a millisecond into creation, the first things created that weren't really things at all were positive and negative electromagnetic forces, yeah. electrons and positrons. And those provide the foundation of all life. So we have at the very foundation of this appearance of physicality, this swing. We don't have up without down, good without bad, black without white, fear without love, pain without joy and pleasure. It's just how we're wired. So, you know, and, and I think we are definitely moving as we move grade by grade in our own personal evolution and our species evolution into a more inclusive, more loving, more giving, more ecstatic, more creative place. That's our purpose, pure and simple. Now, so interesting, you you asked early in, in what you said about who is manifesting. You mentioned that. And, and yeah. that gets us yeah. to the real real crux of the matter. And yep. And what I propose in the book is why we're in the pickle we're in right now in our world, why we've got so many factions and we're at each other's throats and we're still so violent and we're still so capable of doing these amazing negative directed political decisions, et cetera, blah, blah. 
is that we don't know who we really are. That's the bottom line. Humanity has no idea what the ego is or what underlies it. So how can we possibly ever expect to have a functioning, healthy society if the most simple of basic questions, who am I, has not been answered? We're, we're, we're like, we're just flapping in the wind, trying to grope around and figure it out with not a clue of our nature. And we have not a clue what the structure of the ego is and how it operates. So I'd like to do an exercise right now that, that is one of the things that I've learned is a really simple way to teach people who they really are. And it doesn't yeah. take a degree and it doesn't take 18 years meditating, and it doesn't take religion or spirituality or a dogma or a book. All you have to do is ask the question, who is it that has an ego? Have you ever said, oh, I've got to get my ego under control? Or maybe pointed the finger at somebody else and said, they better get their ego under control? Have you ever said that, Susan? Everybody said that in the in the spiritual Every, community. Everybody says. Everybody says. <laughs> That's and it's a usually thing. But without defining it a lot of times, you know, as to what that means. <laughs> well, look at the implication right there. Who is it that's going to get control of the ego? Exactly. We never ask that, and we don't. And, and then we don't know what the ego is. So, here's an exercise I do in the book, and 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 the book is filled with exercises to number one it is. expose. The, the true nature of who we are, exercises to expose the true nature of the ego and what we're dealing with, and then other exercises to take people from the more isolated ego perspective and move them into the perception of the transpersonal where we are more integrated and interconnected. So this is so funny. So basically what I ask people to do is write down all the things you are and start the, and always start everything with I am. So I would say, I am a human being. I am a woman. I am Kate Montana. I am a writer. I am a Leo. I am a Democrat. I live, I'm a resident of Washington State, etc. Say those things and pay attention to the energy of the story. I am Kate Montana. That's a story. I am a human being is actually a story. So I coach people to run down the list Say it out loud. Notice the energy in the body when you make the I am statements. I am a Democrat. Feel it. Run down the whole list, feeling the energy as you go, go, and then end it by just saying, I am. So I'll go, I am Kate Montana. I am a woman. I am a Democrat. I am a writer. I am a resident of Washington State. I am. Yes. And if you notice it, there is a tiny pause, there's an empty space at the end of that simple statement, I am, when we don't follow it with a story. And that's who we really are. That simple, awake, aware place with no words in it, no stories, I am. I am that I am. That was God's answer to Moses on the mountaintop, Mm -hmm. apparently. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's who we really are. 
So the more we can tap into that very, very simple, aware presence, and that exercise is a really, really easy way to do it, then we start getting a handle on our true nature. So then the next step is to figure out, well, what the hell are we dealing with when we're talking about the ego? Who is this person, Kate Montana or Susan, and, and, and all these things I think I am? These are the stories in my head. And if I didn't have a personal structure, Susan, a personal sense of self, if there wasn't a Susan over there and a Kate over here apparently, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation. We, we wouldn't, wouldn't be, be doing this. We wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be having this outrageous journey on planet Earth. And so first thing I'd like to disabuse people of is the idea that the ego is a bad thing. It isn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a very necessary tool to experience physical reality, which isn't really physical. If we didn't have it, we would be undifferentiated blobs of energy that couldn't do anything. So the trick is to identify what the ego is, how it's born, and I get into all of that in the book, what it is, and then learn how to expand our perceptions from this limited, you know, skin suit. I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my hands and they're separate from the from the desk and from my from my phone and you know, and how do I start to rework my brain to perceive my actual interconnectedness with life and other people rather than focusing unconsciously on the 24-7 message, I am physical, I am separate, which is truly an illusion. That's the trick. That's the journey. This is the problem when we're trying to, I knew I'd get back to your manifestation question. Who is manifesting? If I'm, if, you know, the, the whole trick in, in manifestation is to understand that the ego, Kate Montana, isn't the one doing the manifesting. It's I am. It's life itself. And that the job of the ego is simply to choose what it is we want to experience. And there's no judgment. Whatever you want to experience, if you want to experience it, then great. There's, you know, no such thing as a wrong choice here. If you simply want something, it's the job of the ego to get clear on what we want and then acknowledge that deeper life force, the I am consciousness, force intelligence, God, whatever we want to call it, and lay our hopes and our dreams and our focus into that larger that larger consciousness and acknowledge that that is what's going to magnetize and bring those things to us that we desire. And then, of course, the rest of our job is indiv- apparently individual human beings, egos on this journey, is to prepare to receive. We have to do the things, you know, if I want to be a writer, maybe I should take a writing class. Maybe I should start blogging. Maybe I should start writing for a, a little local magazine. I need to start taking physical steps in the physical world to manifest what I want. I just can't sit back on my haunches and go, well, that's what I want, and do a vision board and think that's going to be it. So there has to be this alignment of what the personal does at the same time acknowledging and trusting this deeper I am presence to deliver the goods. And so that's that's the trick to manifesting is blending the, the individual with the larger 
quantum sea of potential that will magnetize and bring to us our dreams. So who is manifesting? It's a joint effort. I put what in, you know, I, I, I come up with a desire, lay it into the quantum field, and then the quantum field does the rest of the work while I do my job in the physical. Does that make sense? You know, as I was reading your description of this, and I have to tell you, I've I've had my journey exploring this concept. Um, my friends know this that I've questioned and questioned this concept. And for me, coming from um, you know a background where I was taught that God was omnipresent, and 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 really beginning to understand beginning what that means, mm-hmm. the term co-creation helps me. Because, and and I don't know how you feel about that term, but it really works for me um, even better. Manifestation feels cold to me. Somehow there's been so much wrapped around manifestation. Mm -hmm. That word doesn't work for me anymore, or the law of attraction, none of it works. But co-creation for me helps me to realize and you got to be careful because there's really no co in a way i mean we are you know if, if we're one but but still there's that notion of it's more than me and also that step where you say what is it that i want so many times as i've as i've become um you know somewhat more aware and in, in my own process is i realize as i look back you know i was really Oh my gosh, I didn't know I wanted that in this, mm-hmm. you know, without using this term higher, because you talk about that too. And boy, I like mm-hmm. that. How let's get away from this term higher sometimes, you know, just this, you know, the I am this somehow knows what I really need. And, you know, and it's really mm-hmm. so perfect for my well, path, you know, as a human being. <laughs> right. And so well, I yeah. may not know how to ask sometimes for. Yeah. Um, for exactly, you know, determining what you want. You know, you know, they say be careful what you wish for because sometimes on the surface, those surface level wants may not be exactly what you want. But somehow yep. through these twists and turns, oh, my gosh, I got to actually what I wanted <laughs> and mm-hmm. I didn't even know it. I mean, that, that right. seems it, to happen to us a lot. <laughs> absolutely. Well, hence I think it says in the Bible that it shall be given before – before you even know what it is you desire, it will be given. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. am, I am it. There is no se- separation between Kate Montana and I am except whatever lines I draw in my mind. And the more I can blur those lines, this is this movement into the transpersonal. The more we can yes. blur the lines that we draw in the sand, prescribing what we think I am and I want this and I want that and and start blurring the boundaries. Um, that's yeah, as you said, there is no higher there is no higher and lower self. We keep languaging. Even I even do it in, too. In, we in, all do. Yes. We all do it. It because uh-huh. because it's it's it, there's we're so limited as to how we can really talk about the unified state when we're coming from the program of the ego and being of thinking we're separate. So of course we talk in terms of well my higher self and my lower self and my God self and me or or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it is all one. And the more we can train ourselves and and oh God I can I mention a, a little exercise I do to to help Please. people start to blur blur these edges? Yes. It's really great. It's it's really simple. One of the things I do is like when I'm out walking in nature or even when I'm in the grocery store, it doesn't matter where you are, I 
acknowledge the things around me, life around me as part of myself. For example, I'll just, I just saw a gray squirrel run across the, the yard, and, you know, and I'll go and I'll just acknowledge, oh, aren't you cute? And then I'll say, uh-huh. oh, my God, you know, that's me. I really am kind of uh-huh. cute, too. Okay. Or I'll see an eagle winging overhead, and it's so beautiful, and I'll call out, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. And I catch myself, and I go, ah, and I acknowledge myself, I am so beautiful. I'll look at a sunset. It's so beautiful. Ah, I am so beautiful. And I'll open my arms. You know, I usually don't do this when I'm around a lot of a lot of people, like in a parking lot, and go, oh, I love myself. But, <laughs> but you know, if you're out there by yourself, I just open up your arms and embrace the sky or whatever mm-hmm. and acknowledge that connection verbally. I am, oh, my God, I am so beautiful. When I'm introduced to other people and they and they walk away, I I try you know, and I call this behind me exercise because I, I I'm looking at a tree that's high me, or I'm looking at a squirrel or an eagle high me, or when somebody I've met somebody and they they're walking away, you know, I don't do it to their face because that would be too strange, but you know when they're walking away, I'll go by me. That's me in another in another skin suit. And so uh-huh. I, I do these perceptual reminding, retraining uh, in, in the, and, and I've got some, I, I love, uh, there's one, the bl- oh my God, the existential blanket. I love that. That's one of the greatest visuals I've ever found to give people the visual understanding that we really are all one. So the more we remind and rework our brain into this holistic, unified and space and start not just mentally acknowledging it or holding it as a philosophy, beginning literally to perceive beyond the boundaries of separation and begin to perceive our basic unity. That's that's the gig. That's where it's at. And that's what's going to get us out of this more limited, more isolated, more fear-based uh, realm of existence and political expression in our world today and bring us together. So we've got to be mindful of and, and start yes. training ourselves consciously in this direction. Yes, and you know, I made a note from your book towards the end here. I am the truth, and so are you. I am the truth, and so are you. Something I noted from there, and, and this notion of, of what is true and what is real and how does it relate mm-hmm. to who I am, who we we are. I love the notion of we are. How do you feel about that? That notion. I mean, I guess at the highest. Well, here we go. At the highest level, you know, you lose. You can't use any language at some point. Even we, we lose sight of at some point. But um, you know, it, it just. Um, but but this. And another statement I wrote down: You cannot possibly get more spiritual than you are right now, just as you are. That's right. Because that's, that's what we are. That's a beautiful one too. Uh-huh. The, the illusion is that we're physical. You know, a lot of people think that, and, and I for a while tried to embrace this belief as, oh, well, it's all an illusion anyway, so it just doesn't matter. Uh, and and that's really erroneous. The illusion is that yeah. we're separate from one another. If you, you know, socked me in the in the eye, it would damn well hurt. You know, if if we destroy the environment, it's going to be a sorrowful picture. So yeah. this is occurring. It's not an illusion in that respect. The illusion is that we're separate from it and that we have to somehow disengage and get out there to the moon or Alpha Centauri or some more spiritual realm 
There is no more spiritual realm than right here on planet Earth. That's the illusion. So, yes. so engagement and expression and putting our hand, our beautiful spiritual hands to the pillar, and and setting forward wisely with information about who we really are, about what the nature of the ego is, what we're dealing with, and learning how to use these tools wisely. That's the whole agenda towards bringing forward the heaven on earth. It's the beauty, you know, the mystery is is the multiplicity and oneness. I am, we are. I am is the perhaps more accurate way of saying it. But while we're still in this illusion, believing that we are individual, then we are is perfectly acceptable. (laughs) Yes. And so many of us have been taught about heaven on earth from the very beginning. That actually surprised that came up last night too in just discussing what we share because many of us do. And you know what? We're racing to the end of the show, as I say sometimes, because what a conversation. And I have to feel it just flowed right out of your book because I want to tell the readers out there to get this book, The E-Word, because it is that. It's a conversation with you that will engage you. Um, and, and that's why it's been so much fun to talk with you today, Kate Montana. I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where to find you to learn more more about your work. Great. Susan, uh, com, And that's C-A-T-E, Montana, just like the state. Uh, they can uh, get to Amazon and other sites to purchase the book. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you name it, <laughs> you name it, I'm yeah. there. And I would just love to engage people in conversations as they read the book, do the exercises, and, and that, man, that's what it's all about. Thank you, Susan, yeah. for the work you do. Oh, well, thank you. It, it truly has been a joy to talk with you, and, and you're just such a such a beautifully authentic soul, and you, you unfold that in your book. Many personal stories and your humor and warmth, I I really appreciate it. So thank you again for for being here today. Thank you. And for all you do. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, take care, Kate. Thank you. Same to you. And everyone else. (laughs) Yes, yes. Everyone out there listening live and across time, thank you. And and just a quick note before the live show goes down, and thank you, live audience, for being here today. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for putting us on the front page today. Always appreciate that, especially before the show, to bring people in. And if you are new to this information, explore. Allow yourself to look into it. We really do share so many things. I came from a totally different background when I came into some of this, and I am still learning every day. That's why I love this show and listening to the various perspectives that we hear on this program. And I do want to let you know, as I, let's see, get it up here. We do have another show coming up this week. It's been an active week. I may do another one tomorrow night. We'll see if I feel so led. That would just be me. Should I do it? Just watch the schedule. Follow the show, FrontierBeyondFear.com or on Blog Talk Radio. There's a way to follow it so you know when a show's coming up. But on Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific, I have Master Charles Cannon coming on, another new guest to the show, Living an Awakened Life. 
And that's another new book that's out. So I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. So thank you, audience, here and across time. I always forget to say, in case you're hearing this in some random way, that today is March 22nd, 2017. I need to train myself to say that at the beginning of the show. But wherever or whenever you're listening to this show, thank you for being here. And I hope it opens you up to some new things. Take care, everyone. Thank you.